the Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, Giants, Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. Thanks for tuning in. Today we'll be discussing the Rangers, who lost a brutal game to the Carolina Hurricanes Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden, and ranking the Yankees so far. There was an excellent article in lowhud.com about ranking the Yankee roster so far early in the season, and I want to go through that and talk a little bit about the current Yankee roster and how they are doing. So let's go ahead and get started. The New York Rangers lost a brutal game to the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday night, 4-3 at Madison Square Garden. This was a complete disaster of a game in every way for the Rangers. So let's enumerate the ways that that's true. Not only did Carolina officially win the Metropolitan Division, the Rangers are now officially going to finish in second place, which is not the worst thing. Not only did Carolina cement the fact that the Rangers flat out cannot beat this team. They cannot beat Carolina. No matter how hard the Rangers try, no matter what happens, they cannot beat them. I mean, Carolina had their star goalie hurt. Some kid was in goal. And, of course, you know, it wasn't even that close a game. So not only that, but in addition to all that, two Ranger stars were hurt in the game. So, I mean, other than that, it was awesome. Great game. Oy vey, let me tell you, man, this was not at all what you want to see. The Rangers entered the game four points behind Carolina in the Metropolitan Division, with Carolina holding all the tiebreakers as well, so making it essentially a five-point deficit coming into the game. Uh, The Eastern Conference now, by the way, has eight teams with 100 points in the playoffs. This is the first time in NHL history that that's ever happened. Eight teams over 100 points. So the Eastern Conference is just Boy, that is that is a tough gauntlet to get out of. It's going to be very, very, very tough. A tough road out of the East to the Cup Finals for whoever gets through this meat grinder. We did have Andrew Kopp and Hedl back in the lineup, which in the beginning of the game was a positive, although Kapokako is still out at this point. So the Rangers have two more games, by the way, after this, and the playoffs start early next week, and Kako still has played maybe two or three games in the last three months, so that's not great. The Hurricanes, outstanding goaltender, as I mentioned, Anderson is hurt, and he was out against the Rangers. They started a rookie who had all of two games of experience, And, you know, the game was tough to watch. An early power play for the Hurricanes, you know, saw Igor Shosturkin peppered with shots left and right. So the defense didn't look great early in the penalty killing. Although Igor was pretty strong and had lots of saves. It was a good start to the game for him. The Rangers were shorthanded again. Ryan Reeves took a penalty and Igor again was very strong. The Rangers then got three consecutive power plays and were not able to convert. Carolina has an elite penalty killing unit like ranked number one in the nhl they're at 88 percent or something and it showed uh, the rangers friggin could not get a goal and half the time had trouble entering the zone carolina took a one nothing lead about eight minutes into the second period and immediately after that andrew cop went off the ice and into the locker room in what is a terrible sign and about the same time artemi panarin also left the ice. So the entire second line at that point was Ryan Strom. Both his wingers, Panarin and Strom. Panarin 
and Andrew Kopp were hurt and with some unknown injuries and in the locker room. And as of this podcast recording, which is later on Tuesday night, there are no word on those injuries. But this precisely 100% is what you do not want in these games like this at the end of the year. Two stars possibly hurt. And it's just a dagger, a dagger for the Rangers if either or both of these guys are out for any length of time. After they went off and Carolina was up, the following three or four minutes, the Rangers wilted and spent the entire time trying to fend off shot after shot from Carolina. They did get some further chances in the second period, but Carolina ended up taking a 2 nothing lead. Like about six minutes left in the second period. The end of the second period was wild. Carolina went up to nothing. Um, it was really just a no way for Igor to stop that shot. It was some high shot deflected off some dude's elbow and back behind Igor. Um, it feels honestly like this Carolina team is a team that we have absolutely zero chance of beating in the playoffs. I do not want to see this team. Just after the second goal, Carolina put all kinds of pressure on the Rangers. Incredible pressure. Igor was forced to make a series of spectacular saves off that sequence. And, and right after that, Vetrano made a pretty great defensive play. He stole the puck, rushed up the right wing, made this kind of one-handed pass to Chris Kreider, who kind of broke in, deep the goalie, and scored. And it made it 2-1. You know, Carolina with about three minutes left in the second period. That was about the most exciting part of the game because they were close. They had momentum. And again, it didn't last very long. Any good feeling from that, you know, was quickly wiped away after, you know, a turnover, a pretty bad turnover. Carolina made it 3-1 on a goal that Igor probably should have stopped. They came in on a 2-on-1 and I think Igor thought he was going to pass, but he ended up shooting and... Really, that uh, the Rangers were not close again. Early in the third, Carolina, you know, scored again to take a three-goal lead, going up 4-1. Uh, there's something about this Carolina team. It's something that the Rangers simply cannot match up with. They forecheck, Carolina does, extremely hard. Their defensemen pinch in all the time. They all can skate really, really well, and they constantly put pressure on other teams, and particularly the Rangers. The Rangers cannot seem to match up at all with this team, no matter what. And again, today, they're facing a backup goalie, and, you know, it didn't really matter. The, the Rangers cannot score goals against Carolina. If the Rangers face this team in the playoffs, they will absolutely lose. Write it down today on April 26. The Rangers will lose to Carolina if they play them in the playoffs. There is no way they're beating this team. I don't care if they're on their fifth string, fifth string goalie backup in Carolina. The Rangers are not beating Carolina. We have to hope some other team takes them out in the first round and, you know, the Rangers win the first round and get to play somebody else in the second round other than Carolina. Um, as far as the rest of the game, after being down 4-1, Truba added a goal off of a deflection kind of late in the third, six or seven minutes left, made the score 4-2. The last five minutes of the game got kind of nasty and chippy. The Rangers did add a goal, another one by Lafreniere with Igor pulled, so it was pretty exciting, I guess, at that point. They closed to win the 4-3, um, and that's how it ended. Lafay had been playing, or has been playing, I should say, pretty well lately. Although I have to say inconsistently. He has these games where, boy, he looks great. And then, you know, he does the Kreider thing of all the previous years where you don't notice him at all throughout the whole game for like three, four, five, six games in a row. 
You know, Kreider's done that his whole career, except for this year. You know, but overall, um, Laffey has shown a much higher talent level, I think, in the last month or two of this season. He's made some great moves. He does need to improve his skating. He really, really needs to work on his speed in his skating. I think him and Kako both have to work on that. Maybe they need a, you know, some kind of skating coach or something over the summer. But other than that, you know, he seems to be showing some consistent improvement. He's only 20 years old, obviously. So, you know, hopefully he continues his improvement. The last month or two is a good sign, but I certainly want to see a little more consistency from him. Honestly, this game was really never in doubt. Even though it finished 4-3 and Rangers closed it within one in the final minute of the game, at no point did you ever feel like the Rangers were going to win this game. And I can say that for every minute of every game this whole year. And even though the Rangers against Carolina is what I'm talking about. And even though they actually did beat Carolina one game when Georgiev was just absolutely fabulous, even in that game, they were outshot like 44 to 17 or some ridiculous thing where they were utterly and completely dominated, but but still won the game. It never feels like we can beat this team. So there is a missing piece somewhere for the Rangers that we have to plug in and, you know, just play the game differently or something. Maybe we just have to constantly hit them all game and get them off their game or constantly dump and chase and and hit them in the corner rather than trying to sneak around them at the blue line and keep turning the puck over something. I I don't know what it is. The talent level is just better on Carolina and we are a step below them in talent. And that's the bottom line. Um, This game overall left a really sour taste in my mouth. Um, And it really highlighted the difference and continued to highlight the difference in talent between these two teams. If Strom and Panarin are out for any length of time, and that's the bottom line at the end of this, the Rangers will be shot anyway in the playoffs. It really doesn't matter our matchup. It doesn't matter about who we play in the second round, Carolina or not. If we don't have Strom or we don't have Panarin or God help us don't have both, we are screwed. Uh, at this point, we have to hope for the best with the injuries and see what happens in the next week. The Rangers, you know, solidified their second place finish in the Metropolitan Division, and as such, they will be playing either the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Washington Capitals, depending on who finishes third. And that's all I have about the Rangers. I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the Yankees. So with a few weeks of play in baseball in the bank, there was a pretty interesting article I read in Loha.com. It was ranking all of the Yankees that are on the roster. Who's the worst, who's the best, and all the way through and why. And and I'll add a link to it in the show notes. I found it really interesting, and I want to talk about it a bit because, mostly because, I thought it was amazingly almost spot on with how I would rank the current Yankee team so far. And that is just amazing to say because when I see writers and I hear announcers talk about the team, almost always, I do not see eye to eye with a lot of things they say so reading this article and saying yeah 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 so you look through the the rankings it was kind of surprising to me and shocking so i'm going to go through the list and uh we'll take a look at each one and the way that they did it on this list was they took the worst all the way down to the best so on 28 players on the team they started with number 28 who would be the worst and Joey Gallo got the honor of being number 28. Um, and yes, obviously, <laughs> you know, if we could rank somebody lower than 28 and out of 28 players, I would do that because you all know my feelings on Joey Gallo by now. He's an unmitigated disaster and someone the Yankees cannot cannot stick with. I wish he wasn't on the team. I wish they would trade him. I wish they would sit him all year. 
they cannot have, you know, a 130, a 150 hitter, even a 200 hitter, whether he hits home runs or not, you cannot strike out 50% of your at-bats, you know, and, and win a championship. So Joey Gallo gets number 28. Totally, completely agree. 27, um, there's a new pitcher from Tons River, New Jersey on the team called Ron Marin, Marinasio, I guess you would say. He's a right-handed pitcher. And the writer notes that this was not about performance ranking him so low, but just the fact that he hasn't pitched much. I don't really understand that reasoning. Uh, he actually did, you know, pretty decently, very well the first time and not quite as well the second time out. But um, he has him at number 27. And we'll see how he does. I don't have much to say about him. Tim LeCrastro was number 26. And this I don't agree with. I actually like LeCastro. There's something about him I like. It's his speed, his defense. He made a great diving play. Um, I like him. So that's number 26. Number 25, Kyle Higashioka. Hard to argue with this one. Um, he's had a tough start at the plate, right? Four for 33. Um, he hasn't really caught that well. Um, I actually like the catching better when he's on the bench and Trevino's in there, honestly. And, you know, certainly the hitting is better when he's on the bench because he's not hitting for shit. So, you know, Kyle comes in at 25, Chad Green at 24. I might have even put him even lower in that in the ranking. He's given up, I don't know, five earned runs, you know, over his last, you know, couple appearances. He He's only pitched not even five or six innings this year so he's not been good chad green does not need to be on this team anymore i'm sorry um he used to be a really good pitcher for the yanks and he has degraded over the last couple years his stuff is no longer elite or even very good and you cannot at all count on him loisga he surprisingly ranked number 23 but when i thought about it you know i thought that was actually pretty true this year he has not pitched as well as he has in you know previous years i expect him to shoot way up the charts as the season goes on because obviously this is only based on two or three weeks of uh play here and as we go on some of these yankee relievers that have been putting up zeros are not going to be putting up zeros in another month or two but i bet you lawyer is does so he's at 23 glaber torres is at 22 you know he's starting to hit a little better lately but come on you know he's not playing good defense he's lazy he doesn't throw the ball well. He almost blew a double play the other day. We'll see. I mean, he's got some talent. Maybe he'll play better. 22 is about where he belongs. Marwin Gonzalez. He puts it 21. He doesn't have a lot of playing time, this dude. He's like a, a spot, you know, infielder, you know, kind of a, you know, can play anywhere in the infield. But no, it's not really not much to say. He never really plays, and I don't know how he gets ranked that high, but he's not good. He's not bad. He's in the middle. He's got Garrett Cole at 20, so that would be the worst of the starting pitchers, and boy, it's <laughs> hard to argue with that. You know, it, it's just tough to see with his, you know, pretty bad ERA. He did have, you know, a really good start on Sunday against Cleveland, uh, so that's a Encouraging step forward. We'll have to see, you know, how he continues. 19, he's got Wande Peralta, who I don't like. I probably would have ranked him a little bit lower than this. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really want to get into it with Peralta. I do not see what other people see in them. He, his stats are not bad, but uh, with the eye test, he fails. Miguel Castro, the old Mets cast off, and now the, the Yankee reliever. Um, he has not given up an earned run. 
um, at least in, I think, seven of eight of his, his appearances. So pretty good. 17, he's got Josh Donaldson. I would definitely rank Josh Donaldson worse than this. Um, he started off hot, but he has really not done anything in the last week or two, you know, week and a half, a week or two. It's only been two two weeks of the season. But honestly, in the last, you know, handful, 10 games, he has not done much. He has 20 strikeouts in his first 55 at-bats. Give me a break. Um, Licky, the big lefty, you know, or, or I'm sorry. Yeah, the big pitcher, I don't know. He's got him at 16. I don't really have anything to say about this huge lefty. He generally pitches pretty well, even though when I see him pitch, he doesn't look like he's going to. Um, 16 is a little high. Um, uh, he's the middle of the pack for the Yanks. I think he's lower than that. He's not quite that good. He's got Stanton at 15, which for his play this year is probably a bit high. If we're really just talking about this year's play. He's, um, you know, two for his last 27, and he's got like 10 or 12 strikeouts <laughs> in the last, you know, six, seven games, so not great. Um, Clark Schmidt, he's got a number 14. Um, he's been a very effective pitcher. His stuff is insane. I can't believe how good his curveball is. It's some of the best curveballs I've, I've ever seen. Um, he hasn't pitched a lot, so that's maybe why he's got him at 14 and not higher. But, boy, he's been just money when he's been in. Clay Holmes, he's got a 13, and he's been super effective. Another guy I don't really expect to do well, but every time he's in there, he just seems to continue to contribute and, and pitch pretty well. He's due for a bad one. Um, Aaron Hicks, he's got up at 12. This is most definitely too high. Aaron Hicks is not nearly uh, this good as far as the ranking, although he's hit a little bit better. He's played poor defense. He's got slow jumps. He looks lost in center field. He continues to leave runners on in scoring positions when there's less than two out. He's maddening when it comes to that. And he continues to just look for walks. So, no, he is not the 12th best Yankee. He's probably the 20th or, or worse. Aaron Judge, he's got at 11, uh, although his, you know, numbers aren't that great with, um, you know, got a couple, couple homers now after hitting two the other day. I think he's got three homers, but, uh, he continues to play good defense and get the bat on the ball most of the time. So, um, that's a good spot for Judge. Jose Trevino, number 10. I love it. Um, he moved from a backup you know, to a platoon and now he's a preferred catcher, you know, to some of the people. And it's just great. It, uh, <laughs> Trevino has been a breath of fresh air in every way for, for the Yankees. I love it. Adrell <laughs> Chapman. Chapman, he has at number nine. And, you know, I don't know what to say. I, I don't have any confidence in Chapman this year. He has pitched a little bit better than he had at the end of last year, but there's been some sneaky situations. Uh, I'm, I don't know. It's hard to articulate why I don't have any confidence in him at this point, but I, I just do not, even if this year hasn't resulted in any terrible blown saves at this point, it feels like there's going to be like four in five games coming at some point. We'll have to see. Anthony Rizzo, number eight. Boy, oh boy. Leading the club in homers. Matter of fact, after Tuesday night's game where he had two more game homers against um, Baltimore, he's now leading the uh, majors <laughs> in... Uh, 
homers with with seven homers already and he's got 17 ribbies so you know what are you gonna say for me it's all about his outstanding defense he plays spectacular at first base and he makes contact and he hits the ball the other way you know for me the homers are just a pure bonus what i want him to do is hustle more out of the box because he pisses me the frig off when he when he hits a ball that might be a double and he just fucking lollygags it down to first base but you know other than that you know I, i love everything about rizzo Tyone, he's got at number seven, who has been just really money on the mound. He's been just pitching, pitching the lights out, man. Um, real, what are you going to say? He's had three great starts. Jordan Montgomery, number six, um, again, quietly just spectacular with, with Montgomery. I mean, the words that he uses here is he's quietly pulling his weight. Yeah, pulling his weight. He's got like 12 of his last 16 games now. He's given up one run. Or zero runs. I think that's a little more than pulling his weights. That's like utterly spectacular pitching. But, you know, the Yanks never score for him, so his record isn't great. But Montgomery has been quietly brilliant, I would say. Isaiah Connor Falafa, he's got number five. Great defense for Guy KF. He's had some clutch hits, the huge clutch hits with two outs and two strikes in the ninth on, on Sunday. Just a really good player hits the ball the other way he's playing good defense he steals bases he, what are you going to say i mean he's about nine thousand times better than torres a shortstop last year in every way he's got severino up at number four which is too high for me um he's had a good start you know and pitched you know really well but um I don't know if he's number four on the team. Well, he, he's pitched well. I mean, I don't want to make too big a deal, but I'd probably put him around 10. Michael King, who has been just utterly, completely brilliant. If you watch Michael King pitch, he's a long reliever and probably should be a starter. He's had strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. He's been just brilliant, just unbelievable. He had at one point, I think it was seven consecutive strikeouts and struck out eight of nine people he faced in three innings at one point uh, the other day. He is just pitching brilliantly, and he has really good stuff. Number two, Nasty Nestor Cortez. And I, you've heard me all talk about how I love him before. The legend of Nestor, right? Uh, his sort of cool, inventive arm angles, turning his back, his long leg kicks, diving to first, making the play the other day, which is just going to live in my mind forever. And he's just a really, really, really good pitcher. You can't say enough about him. Honestly, I, there, I could talk about him for an hour. Yeah, I really, really like Nestor Cortez. And number one, probably my favorite player, DJ LeMahieu. You know, right? He's just a consistently great hitter, hits the ball the other way, plays great defense at second, put him at third. He made like three great plays at third. Just top, top player. So pretty good. Um, when I read the, the article and I read that, I'm like, wow, I agree with just about all these. And that was a shocking thing for me. So, you know, my, my short summary of the year is, you know, DJ continues to look great. Rizzo with the two homers now leads majors with seven on after Tuesday. Gallo actually got a homer Tuesday, but still sucks Royal balls. Um, Torres is hitting a little better and, and we'll have to see how the pitching holds up. So let's go Yanks. And that's all I have for you today. So thanks for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. And I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.